to begin now just a standalone sermon. A standalone sermon. We're going to remember for a new year. That's what we're calling this sermon. Remembering for a new year. And here's where the ideas birthed from. I don't know if you listen to Spotify. Maybe you listen to Pandora. Uh, maybe some type of music service. But every year, when, when you're, every year on those services, they will kind of do a wrap-up of the year of what you listen to. And so I use Spotify, and so every year Spotify will tell me, what did I listen to? And it's always interesting to see the patterns in my listening life over the last year. So I want to just take you into my world. Just let me open you up to the music I listened to this year. Now, I'm going to tell you that our family has a Google Mini, and that Google Mini is tied to my Spotify account. So I don't know that I listen to everything on this list. But here it is. So here's my, here's my top genres. Number one was contemporary Christian music. And then drop down, I guess I like pop. Then I like some soft rock. And then I like the thing called stomp and holler. Those were guys like the uh, Lumineers and Mumford and & Sons. And then classical music. Those, those were my top five. My top five genres. Well then, here's the, next, here's the next list. If you had to just do my top artists, Hilary Hahn was my top artist. She's a classical uh, performer. She plays the violin. Some of my favorite classical music played by her. And then Elevation. And then Zach Brown Band. Funny story there. Uh, our youngest son, uh, who's now two, he loves the song called Chicken Fried, and we listened to that song in a two-month period 70-some times. That's how many times we streamed it in a matter of a couple months because Micah loved it. Okay. Then Hillsong Worship was number four, and then James Taylor. This one surprised me. I, I know I listened to a lot of James Taylor. I was in the season. I was listening to an autobiography by James Taylor, and I guess I was really enamored with what he was doing in that part of his life, so I listened to a lot of James Taylor. Uh, so there's my top artists. And now here's what Spotify will do. Take a look at this. Here's this last image. What they will do is they'll take all of those favorite songs of the past year and they'll put them into a playlist. And so they made a playlist for me, your top songs 2020. And what Spotify's doing there is they're wanting me to remember everything I did this year, everything over 2020, and they want that to be a list that I'll listen to in 2021. It's a lot like remembering for a new year. And I thought that'd be interesting if that's what interesting if that's what we did as a church. Like if we had to make the E10 top 2020 playlist, like what would be on the playlist? I mean, we went through 50 some sermons. What would be those top themes? And, and, and then, with those top themes, could they, could they be of help for us as we move in to the new year? So that's what I want to do. Now, good thing, there's only two songs on our top, top theme 2020 playlist. Just two, two songs. And I just want to walk through or maybe listen to those two themes from our playlist. So we're going to go with that first one. Here's the first, first song on the playlist. We're going to pull it up here on the slide. Uh, we're, here we come. Our person running slides is struggling. Um, we're going to go to that next slide. It's all right. 
All right. Can we? There we are. 2020 E10 playlist. Our slide person's laughing at me now, knowing that they made a mistake. It happens to be my oldest son. All right. I won't say his name, but most of you know who he is. All right. Here it is. Who you are. That's the top. That's one a top theme from this past year. Now I want to take us back to the first sermon of 2020, January 5th. Now, it won't surprise many of you, those part of our E10 family, we were in the middle of our Gospel of Mark series. We were in the sermon number of the 20s. We were somewhere in that middle range when we preached that sermon, January 5th. That was the first sermon of 2020. And that sermon was centered on Mark chapter 8. It was a theme that Jesus will roll through at least three more times in the Gospel of Mark. Here it is. Let's start with Mark chapter 8. We'll pick up verse 31 through 33. Here we read, Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. That's a foundational text. It's a passage that we came back to over and over again. And in that passage, the cross is at the center. It's the first moment recorded by Mark that Jesus tells his disciples that he is going to die. He is going to a Roman cross. And there, he will become king. The disciples don't understand it. You, you see what Peter did. Like, Peter doesn't get this. Because in the kingdom of God, everything is backwards. Remember, Jesus also says that the first will be last and the last will be first. And here Jesus says the way to power will be through humility. And Peter tells Jesus that is not the way your story will be written. Jesus says, you've got to get behind me, Satan. You don't have the concerns of the God of Israel. You have the concerns of Satan. You are trying to remove me from a plan God has me on. I have to go to a cross. But see, for the disciples and the rest of the world, the way you get to power, the way you come to the throne, the way you walk a royal path is by using all of your power, gathering strength, and removing your enemies. And there's an image that we saw over and over again this past year to represent what most people think is the path to power. Let's put that up. We're going to put that image up. This is an image we saw over and over again. That Jesus would walk this path to be king. He would move, go walking a royal path, being the deliverer. He would sit as a judge. He would be powerful. That means he'd have a great military around, her, around him and he would be exalted. That's the path he would walk. And the disciples... And many other Jews saw all of that in the book of Isaiah. All these promises of a royal coming Messiah, one who would deliver, judge, be powerful, and ultimately be exalted. All these passages in Isaiah pointed that this would be a powerful man, a great king, and he would walk that path. But we know Jesus said, i got a different path of walking. He said, I'm going to turn it all upside down. He said, I'm putting my death at the center. I will walk a path not of might and strength and military. 
I'm walking it through a Roman cross. And here's the image that we put up when we talked about that. We said that Jesus, instead of walking this straight path of strength and power and military expansion, He would walk a path where He was despised, ultimately dying on a cross. And it was through the cross then that He would walk a royal path. There He would be the deliverer. There He would be judged. There He would show His power. And through the cross He would be exalted. That would be His path to the kingship. It was completely backwards. And so we, what we did this past year is we summarized that by saying this. Let's say it this way. Here's how we'd summarize it. Jesus would not rescue His people on a, on a military horse, but on a Roman cross. He would be king, but His coronation would be a crucifixion. This was all backwards. The cross... Not military power would be the way to life. Jesus would not flex His muscles and destroy the Roman enemy. He would go to the execution tool of the Romans, give up His life, and there He would rescue His people. It was all backwards. But the cross sat at the center of who He was. And then, interesting enough, in Mark 8, He actually says that anyone that would follow Him has to walk the exact same path. They also would have to put the cross at the center of their lives. Notice what happens. Right after Jesus tells the disciples that He would be going to His death, He then tells the disciples what they would also have to do. Check this out. Mark 8, we'll pick up verse 34 through 37. Then Jesus called the crowds to Him along with His disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple, must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. But whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and the gospel, they will save it. They will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Jesus here tells the disciples that if you want life, if you will be with me, then the cross has got to sit at the center of your life like it sits at the center of my life. That will be the way of true salvation. So if, if that's what you want, you come, you follow me. But just know that when you follow me, you also walk to your death. You deny yourself. You're not number one anymore. You're not your own God. You don't get every wish you want. You give up all your wishes for others. You love others. You see what Jesus is doing here is reminding them who they are. And who they are is a people formed by the cross. You know, that's exactly what we did later in the year. We did this series where we looked at the book of Philippians. And we talked about how the cross forms every follower of Jesus. It's actually, it's actually what the Apostle Paul tells the Philippians. He actually does a full review of everything we just read from Jesus. Paul puts it almost the same way when he writes this letter to that church in Philippi. We'll pick up Philippians chapter 2. This is a passage we read back in September. It's one we studied at some length. Philippians 2, verse 3 through 11. Here's what Paul writes. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. 
Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Now, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Hold on here. We're coming. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, by being made in human likeness. And be. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What Paul's doing there is very much what he did Uh, what Jesus did when He talked to the disciples that first time telling them that He'd go to the cross. Paul is saying that the cross has to sit at the center of who they are. They are to be like Jesus. Remember Jesus, the great hero of the world. The archetype of every hero. He is the one that, that everyone has always considered when they thought about the great gods or the great heroes. This was one who was real. The Son of God. He, being God Himself, humbled Himself, not trying to take advantage of His own godness, His own divinity. Uh, He laid that aside, humbled Himself so that He could rescue those He loves. That is the sign of greatness. He is the true hero. He's the one that is real. And because of that, when he laid his life down, God exalted him to the highest place. And the earth and the heavens, everything above and below and on will sing his praise. And Paul says, you, you take on all of that and you make it central to who you are. And when you do, well, you won't do anything out of selfish ambition anymore. You won't be full of vain conceit. You'll actually start considering others better than yourself. And just after that passage, he tells them, he says, that you're actually going to shine like stars. You're actually going to work all of this out in real life with real people. Like people in your home, people you work with, all of it will become real right on the ground, right where you are. Work out this salvation. And so Paul says when you take on the mind of Christ, when you take on the cross of the true hero, ah, you will no longer be a person of selfish ambition. You'll think of others more than yourself. Uh, you, you will you'll work all that out in real life, and you'll shine like stars in this dark world. So let's summarize it. We'll say it like this. Let's say all of that again. This is how we'd say it. When the cross is at the center of their life, they will do nothing out of selfish ambition and humility. They'll value others above themselves. They'll work out their salvation practically in real life, and they'll shine like lights in a dark world. That's that's how we would. Say it. But you know, you who are part of our E10 family, you know that I don't just want to say that. We also could visualize all that. Maybe we could show that. Here's what I here's how I'd show it. If I had to show you, if I had to show you what all that looked like, here's what I'd do. Well, I'd put Play-Doh. I'd put Play-Doh on a piece of wood. I'd just roll that out. 
This Plato represents who we are. It represents our lives, our malleable lives, our lives that can be shaped and will be shaped by whatever we stamp into the center. And there are a lot of things that are being stamped into the center of our lives. Breaking news, politics, wealth, money, security, maybe the idol of health, whatever it is. Something's going to get stamped into the center of your life and in the center of my life. Something will. And it will take on daily patterns in everyday life. But something's going to sit at the center there. Paul says, you take the cross, the, the cross that is solid. It is foundational. It's never moving. Love will win. You put the cross, you put that at the center of your life. You stamp that at the center of who you are, so that wherever you go, wherever you go, whoever looks at you, you will have the cross pressed deep inside so that no one will miss it. You will be a person so formed by the cross that when people look at you, they'll say, there's a person who in humility values others above themselves. There's a person who's not motivated by selfish ambition. There's a light in a dark world. Wherever we are, the cross sits center. Here's where life is. This is who you are. You know COVID-19 can't take that away. You know cancer can't eat that. You know a heart attack can't stop that from being formed. Do you know a divorce can't change that imprint? This is who we are. This is what Jesus is saying in Mark chapter 8. This is what Paul is saying in Philippians 2. This is who you are. This is the song I'm hearing on our 2020 E10 playlist. This is who you are. You are a cross-formed people. Well, there's this other thing that I that's on our playlist. That second thing, that second top theme on our playlist right here. It's our destiny. This is a theme. This is a song we played over and over again this year. We heard it over and over again. And I remember there, right there in that passage of Mark 8, that passage we started the year with, was sitting that theme. Take a look. Let's just go back to Mark chapter 8. Let's look at verse 35. Right there in that verse is the theme we saw over and over again. For whoever wants to save their life, Jesus says, will lose it. For whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. You see what Jesus is doing there. Jesus is helping the disciples have the end in mind. If you try, if you sell your soul for the world, well, what do you gain? But if you lose your life, you actually save it. You actually gain salvation. Jesus wants them to remember their destiny. Who they will become as His followers. If they will give Him his, their life, well then they will actually get their life back and they'll have it forever and ever and ever. Their destiny will never end. Because they will save their life. They will have salvation forever and ever. That's the thing we actually saw. That song, we played that song not just earlier in the years we were studying the Gospel of Mark. 
We actually saw that song pop up in our online series when we were walking through the book of Proverbs. We, we called that series Walking with Wisdom. We just were looking for wisdom, practical wisdom in difficult times. And in that series, we took a moment to look at how the father teaching the son in the book of Proverbs teaches the son to keep the end in mind, to remember his destiny. Take a look at, at Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, we'll look at verse 7 through 9. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, though it costs all you have. Get understanding, cherish her, and she will exalt you. Embrace her, and she will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. That's his destiny. The Father's teaching the Son, this is, this is who you will be. This is, this is your future. If you will give up everything else to grab wisdom, you will get a crown. You will have a garland of grace laid over your head. It will hang around your neck. You will be the kind of person that can reign forever with God in His glorious kingdom. If you become the kind of person that gathers up wisdom, you'll be able to handle great power. If you are the kind of person that can walk humbly, then you will also have great responsibility. You'll be the kind of person that actually can wear a crown and be responsible and be wise. And the Father wants the Son to remember His destiny. Because what you do today, what you grab for now will train you for where you will be in the future. And the Father says, if you will get wisdom, you will have a glorious future. With a garland of grace, you will find exaltation, and you will have a crown on your head, and you will walk humbly with your God. That's who you'll be. Interesting that that song comes up not just with Jesus and the Father in Proverbs, it comes up with the Apostle Paul. Paul also tells the Philippians about their destiny. And he reminds them, of where they will be in the near future. Here's what he writes to them. Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, 20, and 21. Just take in some excerpts from this chapter. Paul writes this about himself. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me, heavenward in Christ Jesus. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control, will transform our lowly bodies so that we will be like His glorious body. What a promise. That's their destiny. That if they will connect themselves with Jesus, if their heart is shaped by the cross, then their destiny is only good things. They actually will see the day when they are transformed into the likeness of the great hero of the world. They too will reign with Him. They also will be given great responsibility and they will sing the song of praise of the hero forever and ever and ever. In all of His exaltation, we will be wrapped up in it. That is our destiny. So who we are becoming now shapes where we are going. So don't forget your destiny. This is why Paul is always reminding them. Not just who they are as cross-formed people, but where they're going. They will be a people who are reigning with Him. It wouldn't make much sense 
to be a selfish person reigning with the most humble person who's ever lived. That doesn't make much sense. It doesn't make much sense to think that we could grow in selfishness and anger and then one day be given a crown. You know in all the superhero movies, do you know, you know who the villain is? It's always the one that can't handle power. It's the one who uses all, all of their gifts for themselves. And ultimately, they turn into a more wicked person. You and I are being formed into the likeness of cross as we train for reigning. That is our destiny. That one day, we are given a garland of grace. We are given crowns to reign. And we will exalt the Son of God, the Lamb who was slain, King of kings and Lord of lords. And in all of it, we'll be given great responsibility. But we are training for reigning. That's our destiny. So let's be careful how we live now. Ah, this is a song we sang over and over this year. So here it is. Here's our playlist. If we just had to go to a review, here's our playlist. Here's our 2020 E10 playlist. Remember who you are. Cross-born people. Remember your destiny. A reigning people. And what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that that playlist can be put on repeat for 2021. I'm saying that that playlist can get us through the next year. We are remembering for a new year. And so let's just make some application. Let's just quickly make some application for right where we are in ordinary life. Here it is. Here's this first application. No sickness. No circumstance, no politician can change who we are as cross-formed people. No one. No one can change. Nothing can alter who we are. COVID will not change who we are. A politician will not change who we are. None of it will change who we are. I know you online right now are just seeing a slide. We're going to bring you back to the stage. We're going to bring you back to the stage. Can we bring you back to the stage? Thank you so much. I love you. I love you. We just had a moment. I have another son. I won't tell you his name. All right. Not even that. What just happened will change who we are. But we are cross-formed people. That's who we are. And so if this year you get the diagnosis that terminal cancer is eating your body, don't you forget who you are. If your family starts crumbling and there's nothing you can do about it, don't you forget who you are. Keep loving the people in front of you. There's going to be nothing easy about that. But don't forget that at the center of who you are is a person shaped by the love of Jesus that He showed on the cross. And now you have that cross pressed in the center of your life too. Nothing can change this. And nothing can change this second thing. So here's our second application right here. No sickness, no circumstance, no politician can change our destiny. Nothing can change our destiny. It sounds a lot like when Paul wrote that there is nothing, nothing in the world that can separate us from the love of God. So if this year you face the greatest difficulty you have ever faced, don't forget 
that no matter what happens in 2021, you are becoming the kind of person that will have a glorious destiny in God's kingdom. Don't forget that. And don't forget what you are doing in 2021 is shaping you, forming you, training you to have and to partake in a glorious destiny with Jesus. If this year you come into more money than you ever imagined, if you have more success in 2021 than you can envision on this day, one of these last days of 2020, don't you forget that you are a cross-formed person. Other people matter. That you are to consider others above yourself and that you have a destiny and a glorious future in God's kingdom. And if you have a lot of money and access to a lot of resources, don't forget that everyone who follows Jesus will have tenfold that in our destiny. So use what you have for good. Be a generous person. So if success or despair, don't forget where everything is leading for everyone who follows Jesus, your destiny in God's great kingdom. And you know who sits at all of that? Remember what Jesus said when He said to, that, that, that we are to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and then there's that last thing, we are to follow Him. You pick up your cross all day. You can suffer, you can suffer for months. But if you suffer without following Jesus, it is for naught. So we're going to just drive this all down to like a next, a next step that you and I can do this week. Just real practical. Here it is. Find one way to put Jesus in front of your mind each day. One way. Just one way to put Jesus in front of your mind. Maybe that means like putting Jesus, writing Jesus on a sticky note and putting it on your bathroom mirror or maybe your refrigerator. Maybe that's, maybe that's where you start. Maybe you have walked longer with Jesus and you need to read large sections of the Bible this, this year. Maybe just this week, each day you read several chapters. You go beyond what you normally read. Maybe, maybe you need to have the notifications for your Bible app turned on so that every day you see that Bible verse of the day. Maybe, maybe you're being called to give generously to someone in need. Maybe that's going to be the way you put Jesus in front of your mind. What, the goal here is that the great hero, the Son of God, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the one who we want to imitate, His life shaping our life, that we put His life in front of our mind. Because we will become like whatever we watch or pay attention to. And so if we put social media in front of our eyes all the time, we will take on the anxiety of your news feed. If we put breaking news in front of our minds every day, then we will probably become anxious people. So put Jesus and His life in front of your mind some way. Find a creative way to do it. In real life, don't make this abstract. This isn't super spiritual. Put Jesus in front of your mind every day and take on His life. Let me pray for you. Father, we pray and we thank You for Your goodness. We ask that You would help us as we remember this past year for next year. We ask that as we do that, that You will give us strength, that Your grace will fuel us, and we never forget that we are across the and that we have a glorious destiny in front of us
are grateful that you give us scripture. It is inspired and you have carried it through the ages to bring us even to this week. So watch over us as we go into this week. We put your son Jesus in front of our minds. We exalt you. We take on your cross in your life. And we need your help in all of this. Forgive us where we fail. Forgive us today.